everyone, it's Matthew here from the SDGC, here with another Finterview for you all. I'm here with two members of the team making the upcoming indie game Infernax. I'm here with Mike and Hunter. Gentlemen, how you doing? Howdy. Pretty good. So uh, we'll, we'll start with Mike. Uh, Mike, what can you tell, like, what is your position in the company? What is it that you bring to the table? <laughs> God damn it. Why do you have to start with a trick question? Yeah. Uh, I'm Mike and I do Mike things. Basically, I, I'm overseeing whatever is not production at Project Studio. And which is, I guess, the, the best way to just do it very concisely. Yeah, our jobs are probably best described as we both do similar overlapping but somewhat distinct things. We just do the stuff that's not prod encoding, right? Basically yeah. everything else. Mike handles the Canada section and you handle the no, American he, section. He handles the everything section and then I'm backup. <laughs> that's that's so, Hunter is basically Berserk South. Yeah, exactly. I like, you know, it, there is nothing wrong with that. So, uh, now, I, I met Hunter a while ago, back when this was still a relatively unknown game coming out. I mean, you have to understand, the last time I saw this was in the pre-COVID world, oh, which no. just feels so long ago. So what can you tell people about what it is that is finally on the way? Because it comes out this month, and Fernax is launching in February, correct? F- the 14th, yep. if I'm correct yes valentine day of love smart if deadpool can do it infernax can do it okay so what can you tell uh, us about infernax well um mike has all the like the older history of the game but like one of the things you're saying it's finally coming out it feels crazy to hear that because it's been in production for officially how many years now 11 years yeah 11 years yeah nice yeah in two months, in two months. <laughs> but who's counting yeah yeah I am. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, the the game's actually come a long way since you saw it even. You know, um, since we had that demo, that demo at PAX West, if I think it's the one I'm thinking of, um, was basically the inaugural, like, trot out for it. Uh, that PAX West where we did the full build out where we had a, for, you know, for... I'm going to use my hands, but if you're just listening, we built like a CR, a surround to make our flat screen into a CRT and like rolled out carpet and had like an old grandma couch. And because basically the vibe of the game, right, is uh, like re evoking those feelings of being like 12 and it being Saturday and you not having anything to do in a brand new game for your NES, right? So uh, it's come a long way since then uh, in just like the almost about two years, right, that we've been working on it since COVID. Yeah. yeah, like the, the grain grew about, I want to say, like twice mm-hmm. in terms of size. And whatever we had back then, it grew twice. And in the past 10 years, it grew by, I want to say, like a thousand percent almost. It used to be a two day project. Oh, oh not two day, like two weeks project. And now it grew into a multi year project with 12 people working on it. So. Yeah, the the history of Infernax that like doesn't come up a lot, right? Because people keep out like because people have been asking us about oh like you know tell us about the game and a lot of questions too come up about like oh you know with the modern retro pixel scene you know how'd you feel about making it stand out and we've we've had to tell people well so technically it's it's like eleven years old so when they started working on it not only were they not worried about that because none of those games existed but also like they were making it in Flash so. It was a little different. It was like a weekend flash game. So yeah. it's come a really long way from that. That's amazing. And and for those that aren't familiar with it, first off, get familiar with it. Go check it out. But it's it's kind of 
very it, it's one part Castlevania, one part like almost Zelda two, like it, it's very reminiscent of those that era and, and genre of classic like NES games. In the interim since we last saw it like have there been any more inspirations infused into infernax or like how did you go from being more of an homage project to creating your own identity the fate system right yeah Yeah. a lot of it's just like try to create a way that was not just a single playthrough you play the entire game which was the game at first we just could play for it from a to b and you'd be done and but we decided to like add another layer on top that would like it's the fate system that you make decisions throughout the game and they change not just how the story goes, but how do you interact with the world and how you interact with the game. Like you have new power-ups or there's people dying and there's different endings and stuff. Yeah, that's a continuation when you, in the demo that people may have played because it was on we had it on Steam at one point too for a, an event and things like that. But the show demo had a, a choice early on in the game, right, where you'd be confronted with the choice to. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty well known, so it's not really a spoiler that like pretty early on you're given a choice where a man uh, asks you to basically like mercy kill him because something is happening. And you don't have any context at that point whether you want to uh, slay this guy or try and help him. And originally in the design of the game, like that had some changes that would affect, but they weren't like far reaching. Um, And so as we kept working on development, a thing that came out was wanting to make sure that every single one of those touch point like moments when you get to choose did something later like there was like a that actual difference to your playthrough as opposed to it just being a presented choice you can make and it in that moment happens it's like every time that happens something happens as a result of each time you make like each one of them has an effect right on the rest of the playthrough so what you're saying is this is uh it's now zelda 2 meets mass effect the uh the world's first <laughs> zelda 2 mass effect mashup I mean, well, less, I mean, not less banging though. Yeah, a little. It's it's harder with the pencil. Until the DLC, know? right? Well, I mean, people have to buy it first, and then we can talk yes. about that. That'd be great if everyone goes to, buys copies of it. I I mean, we. <laughs> yeah, but it is. But you're right though. It, like it does often in those those scenarios too. You get kind of like a binary, a similarly binary moral choice, right? And yeah, it's not always super obvious which ones the right one too like there are choices that you make over the path of the game that it should be pretty obvious sort of where you're going right um hopefully when you get down a certain path you don't feel like you accidentally ended up there we've definitely tried to make sure it's written a way where that doesn't happen but like there are some times where it's like a it's a difficult choice to make because it's not necessarily that like one is objectively right Mm -hmm. it's more of a question of like in this scenario which one do you want to go with and like we said you know once you've made that choice the rest of your playthrough is like influenced by it, and also like the whatever choice you make doesn't always uh, reflect the result of it. Like the first choice you make in the demo, you you think you're helping the guy, but right. actually it goes bad. But if you're right. not helping him, well, you basically just kill him, and you just get that gross key art. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, I've actually that's been one of the coolest things that's changed over this like final. I guess. I, I think about Infernax's development as like there's the phase where it got developed over time. Then we picked it up again, right, as a studio, because I've only been at Berserk a little over three years now. Mike, you're coming up on 10? Yeah, about 10, yeah. Yeah. So, like, um, the the three phases kind of feel like the early days, right, which is a long, long early days. 
There's like the me- the middle when we picked it back up and kind of got to show it at PAX. And then there's been this last phase, you know, post PAX East, like 20, you know, 2020, where we've really refined it and it's become like this really, it's it's really awesome. It's been really cool to watch that final phase, like everything like lock together and go from like, oh, this is a game based on game. Like I was super excited when I joined the team and heard we had Infernax because I owned Zelda 2 before Zelda. Like I didn't own a copy of Zelda for a really long time. And so Zelda 2 is my favorite NES Zelda game. And so like, I think that the idea that it's largely inspired by Zelda 2 and Castlevania 2 is like part of what made me love it in the first place. So That's going how from you just first love, sold like me on the concept you're like you know people love to hate on those two games but like what if we made them amazing like as amazing as they were to us as kids growing up right and take out the like friction stuff right because like part of what people didn't like from them part of it was like because of design limitations at the time and part of it was like it was still that phase in nintendo where sequels were weird because they hadn't really figured out how to like iterate yet and so like zelda one is like a top-down you know game zelda two is like really out there and then like to the past is like oh dial it back hold on go back to the first (laughs) and so like zelda two had all these cool ideas went away for a long time and like nobody talked about and it part of that's just because like it's a pretty difficult game right it's it's, it's hard. It's quite known for it. So, yeah. Infernex, are there? Have you tackled the difficulty? Like, are you, were you trying to lean more into the hardcore difficulty aspect of of that? That's quite common in that genre, or were you trying to make it more accessible so that more people can experience the game? Like the classic Dark Souls argument. That's. First, the goal was to make a very hard game, but also you. We come to realize at some point that. That's not how everybody plays anymore. You you're not just catering to a single kind of gamer now. You're get catering to the internet basically. So we did have to like try to uh, get that in our heads and just figure it out that way to make it. I don't want to say easier, but more enjoyable for more people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I, uh, the hard part, right? I guess not the yeah. hard part, but like again, the friction, right? Like there's a yeah. mode you can play that is as hard as we intended it to be right because there is a like there's a is it still hardcore mode right yeah yeah, there's a hardcore mode which like when you die uh unless you have saved recently like you just revert back to your state at that save so all progress is lost oh wow and then there's a more casual mode where when you die you go back to a safe point but your progress as far as like gaining experience and gold and stuff that progress isn't lost so like even if you're failing you're kind of failing forward right so like over time you gain experience and stuff so say you keep butting your head against something you do end up gaining enough experience to like say level your you know power up which will make it easier to beat that section like and of course we put in like a handful what we could accessibility wise to try and address that like there are certain parts of the game like platform wise that can be like difficult if you need like reaction time we've added some concessions to like make things like platforming sections like easier if you needed it right like for the people who want to play the game and that would be like a blocker for them to like not even be able to try it i love hearing about that because i mean you've seen accessibility be a big push for triple a games but it's still relatively untouched in the indie space i think celeste is one of the big examples but it's such a good example though it's really cool that you guys uh you're even you know taking those steps because you just that's no no one's making you and you you chose to do that on your own so i'm gonna give mike full credit for that decision Uh, sure do it (laughs) 
I'll pick it. I'll pick whatever I can get. I'm I'm bad at games in a lot of ways. So yeah. I always push for that sort of stuff too, though, right? Because like I don't I like hard games. There are hard games I can beat, but I don't really like the idea. Like you know the whole I, I like I played a bunch of Bloodborne during the pandemic, and so I think I kind of understand that argument about how Souls like games are the way they are because that's like sort of what makes them what they are. But I like when it doesn't need that when it's not a FromSoft game, right? When it's not already done in that. Like, we didn't have to make it like that. The game could still be fun the way we made it with, like, concessions, like the casual mode, for instance, right? What if you just want to play it and you don't, like, you know, you got a job and, like, a kid or something, and you, right? Yeah. You know, you what if you're the actual... hours dedicated to build the muscle right. memory pattern yeah. recognition. We just yeah. asked ourselves, what's the average age of the person who really likes Zelda 2? Do you think that... <laughs> oh, they're in their 40s? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Do yeah. you not think they don't have carpal tunnel at this point? Right. They don't have, like people to take care of they have like 45 minutes a day to play they don't have time to just mess around in the dungeon for six hours straight i mean i'm gonna say as a new dad uh of of a now 10 month old like that's that's important to me now i i don't have the time for my long gaming marathons right you gotta you gotta break it up It's a pretty good, you know, if you were trying to play it like sectionally to you as a game, it would actually work pretty well for that because like the distance, as long as you're not struggling super hard, the distance between save points isn't really all that crazy, right? Yeah. Like other than like yeah. like a castle level or something. Yeah. Where even now, like with casual mode, we added the uh, checkpoints inside castles because we figured that one of the big difficulty of the castle was just like trying to learn the entire thing with two lives. Mm-hmm. And then you would die, and then you have to start over again. And those castles can get hard because you're just doing the same thing over and over again, doing like 40 screens over again. <laughs> so with that checkpoint in the middle, it does the learning stage in two. So like you can just get there, and after that you start over from just that point, which makes it a lot. I don't want to say it makes it easier, but it makes it easier to learn. Basically, it feels good. that was like a constant back and forth, right? Internally too, is that like the creative direction from the top is we wanted to like Etienne, the creative director, really wanted to keep the challenge in the game as much as possible with like minimal concessions to making it easier. But like we all agreed to try and make it, I guess, more uh, more accessible is like a really general way to describe it. Yeah. But, you know, like make it so that you can play it at like less than the get good level it would be if we didn't put a casual mode in. But still, like if you beat it, you beat the game. It doesn't really get easier unless you need to use the accessibility options, right? Like you did the button pressing to do it. So like it's a similar experience. It's just presented in a way that's like maybe more palatable if you're having a tough time. Okay. Now, yeah. what can you guys tell me about Berserk as a company? Because I mean, this Infernix isn't the first game, is it? No. Yeah, exactly. So so give us give us some of your history. Break break down Berserk for us. What what do we know you for? Well, Berserk we started in 2008. We were mostly known as a flash game studio. We like in the between 2008 and 2013, we published about 22 flash games. Those were like back in the day when you would just play new games on new grounds, congregate armor games, and we were known for being like those high octane, high production value games for Flash back then. Because back then, Flash were just two men studios making games in a weekend. We were one of the first like actual studios to do it. And we were the first indie developers in Quebec as well as to do it. And for we did that for five, six years. Yeah, six years. Then we took a little break because Flash crashed. So like the three founders ended up just yeah, the the entire studio pretty much just dissolved except for the three founders, and we started it back up a year and a half after 
with Chips and Beats and Zomidal. Chips and Beats was our first console game, and Zomidal was our biggest mobile game that we did. It was an idle game. Run for two years, I think. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it actually ran a little longer than that. I mean, actively yeah. actively updated, because technically yeah. there's a Steam version still live. People yeah. don't play it and stuff, but it got like really, really often active content updates for a couple yeah. of years there. And uh, like, I mean, anyone that went to a PAX is very familiar with just shapes and beats in your booth. <laughs> Whether they don't know it or they do, they, they heard Mortal Kombat at least. I'm, so. I'm the one who apologizes, so I'm going to say sorry <laughs> on behalf of Berserk Studio. Mike won't do it, but I'll say no. sorry. Well, it's, it's crazy <laughs> I'll, because... I'll bribe them instead. When you realize that the team, like when you look at Infernax and realize, oh, you're y'all are the just shapes and beats guys, like it's it's a really cool tonal shift to show that you're not just gonna be pigeonholed into making like more rhythm action games, you know? You're you. So how did that even go about? How did you just go from one extreme to the other, basically? It's actually the other way around because we we were known for making like war games like viking games mm-hmm. people with big muscle guns and gasoline yeah, muscle games explosion. Oh, yeah like muscle explosion okay. yeah for a flash game yeah like the, the logo is just a big viking guy screaming yeah so like the, the 20 games that we made before except for like maybe rocket center and even rocket center was like goddamn santa with a jetpack yeah <laughs> like every single game that we did was just like over the top i don't want to say violence but just like slapstick humor with yeah i mean like action and stuff so and ships really and beast was the outliner like a lot of those games too carry like a lot of like arcade and retro like dna and yeah. the design so like infernax's design is definitely sort of like a you know like just shapes and beats is here where it's like here's the timeline and then it goes like that and then so what like, you're Infernax. saying is just shapes and beats is the zelda 2 and infernax is the link <laughs> to the past going back to the roots it would be great if yeah. zelda 2 got as much love as just shapes and beats has gotten I, it deserves it jsb has gotten like lots of i mean it's been such a cool that community is so so strong like they're so strong we love them and it's it's crazy because they just love it so much like being involved in a project where people are so passionate about it is crazy to watch still like years later right i mean the game's been out yeah, for it's years been quite some time and most indie games are lucky if they can get like a dedicated fan base and do some decent sales in about a year and like you know stick around like we still have like a really active discord people tweeted us nonstop. like people like you know it it's still to this day like a pretty active game yeah but it is also it it, it helps showcase the pri- maybe not a priority, but a, uh, a preference for music in your games because Infernax has also got a lot of like music DNA in it. What can you yeah. tell us about that? I mean, you, it's not coincidental yeah, that this was yeah. the first shirt we designed, right? <laughs> like, yeah, uh, I mean, giant the, super metal, right? Infernax, right. yeah, yeah. It, it's not a co- I mean, the the music of the game is pretty appropriate for like the era. It's paying homage to in the like the actual music in the game itself right but like the in you're in the dna of like the tone of it right like metal is like in there we all like not every single person in the studio loves metal but etienne the creative director does like i absolutely am a huge metal head like we all bring our own but for him at least i know because we talked when i started working on the writing for the game i wanted i asked i asked him all the questions you want to know right where i was like what music do you like etienne what like what made you this way and he was uh he was he told me that like the bands like like merciful fate which is like a pretty it's a sort of a deep cut but like team like king diamond stuff like that 
are like metal bands that he likes like to reference as far as like tone and stuff and like for me i'm a big fan of like doom metal so like i listen to a lot of bands like sleep and like Bellwitch and things like that that are like really doomy and atmospheric like that's what i'd listen to while writing on the game so like metal is like i mean also you got stuff like man of war right which is just literally like big oiled up muscly dudes atop like a pile of bodies with a sword aloft like so it's hard not to like i don't know if etienne likes that but i definitely like i see it in the like you know sort of conan-esque sort of that era right like what about you mike did your music taste ever blend in and for Infernax, to be honest, like every single paperwork I do, I do it listening to Cannibal Corpse. So it goes right down my alley, but it's also doing paperwork. Therefore, <laughs> it makes sense. But every single game we'd made before Ships and Bees was also very metal oriented. We always had metal soundtracks to it, but it just we just went off the a bender with Infernax. We tried to make it something that was instead of just picking up like free music online, we just decided to get someone to do it for us. And they were like awesome as well. Like we got three different composer on it. You have Olivier Couillard, that was a local guy that did the first version. Then we had Family Jewels that worked on it as well, and uh, Triptych Audio, uh, Jason, that worked with. Yeah. Did I just did I just misname him? <laughs> no, no. Oh, Jason. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, yeah, Jason that worked on it as well from Triptych. So. Yeah. The yeah. like it's it the music's pretty great now too because i'm pretty sure that the again the demo you played had like one of the older placeholder tracks and since then the like newer track it's similar like you know it's got overworld themes it's got like different daytime the it's the music rules so much it's so good now uh um, if, if you had to uh kind of elevator pitch like if i if i have never played your game before or heard of it why would i buy infernex sell me on infernex I'm gonna make Mike do it. Go ahead. I believe we need to Mike, eat. Believe in me. Yeah, we need to eat. We need to eat bar games. Come on. <laughs> but why Infernax? Is it because death is certain? I remember death is certain, but yeah. Like if if what you're into is like retro games and you want to feel like you're eight again, just drinking juice in a bag inside your goddamn couch for it. Infernax is for you because it's going to be driving you right back to it. You're going to be feeling like a Saturday morning eating cereal, playing video games, and trying to find every single secret inside your cartridge that you had for six months now. This is the goal. Like, like you know, remember when you had one cartridge until your birthday and then yeah. you had one at Christmas? This is the game for you. It's a game that you're going to be spending so much time just trying to find something new in there and finding new ways to play it as well. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that rewards repeat play or smart play or, you know, they, there's, I mean, we put there, you know, the game has a built in cheat code system. So like when you put cheat codes into the game, like, you know, um, they're awarded for various things in the game too, which like are one of the ways, but there are codes that pretty sure there's no in game way to award them. So we'll see how those ever <laughs> get out. But there's a lot of stuff in the game that like unlocks through those that like, changes the way it plays or i mean honestly some of them are just for fun right but a lot of them are it's that same thing right where like their inclusion is just more of like a a love letter to that idea of games like having more mm -hmm. like even if it doesn't make sense or even if it doesn't totally work perfectly but it doesn't right like it's just amusing like the idea that like like remember big head mode right like just yeah. that like yeah, just having that. It didn't need it. It didn't make it better in any way. 
but like, having it was so good. Like back when yeah. you had a game genie and you didn't know if the code would actually work or if it would just completely mess something up. Right. It would just brick your save. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We don't have a brick your save code as far as I know. Oh, we should have. Goodness. I'm really actually sad about that. I wish we'd added one. It's, it's a code that just bricks your save. Yeah. It does nothing. Want. All it does is is ruin your day. By yeah. the, so it erases your same. Now yeah. uh, I'm I'm gonna get a little personal. Now I'm gonna get a little deep. Okay. Oh, uh, Hunt Hunter knows where this might be going. Right. Uh, the time to talk about your game is over. That that's old hat. Okay, we're done. <laughs> now I want to know about Mike. All right, and 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 also Hunter. So the first question is the most important. Gun to your head, if you had to choose, cake or pie? I mean, pie, so I can get any sort of pie I could get. Get like apple pie. You could get pumpkin pie. That's awesome. Meat pie. Yep. Meat pie. Like I can get every single like thing I need in my body in pie. It's not in cakes. That's right, and that's why pie is the correct answer. It says cake is is a fool. Is an aspic a cake? Is a what? An aspic. Aspic. All right. I don't know. It's what like that a is. like a like a Jello mold where it uses gelatin to hold things inside of like a shape. I mean, and you can have like, like meat and Jello. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Is a Jello pie. a cake? It's in the name. Pizza pie. Okay. Oh, if pizza is included oh. in pie, then there's only one right answer. Yeah. yeah clearly. I get I get a lot of pushback on that, but I'm like, hey, it's not my fault. It's in the name. Okay. I, mean, I feel like Chicago would feel deep, very strong. Yeah. 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 Deep dish. Pizza is definitely a pie. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, Hunter, pie. it's been years since I've gotten your answer. I don't even remember what it is. Me either. <laughs> um, I have joined, if I was not Team Pie before, I've joined Team Pie. Now, with this revelation of the fact that I can justify pizza in there, boy, howdy, am I going pie. I don't even need, because I don't have a sweet tooth really, right? So, like, pie was probably the right answer anyway, because, like, meat pies, like chicken pot pie. Yeah. I would. Shepherd's it may pie. Be, maybe it's heresy, but I would rather have a really good chicken pot pie than literally any cake. Like any Heard. cake that exists, if I had to delete it from existence to just keep chicken pot pie, that'd be fine with me. I mean, that's two really strong votes in the Infernax corner right now. I mean, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying that if you said cake, I would delete this video, but I'm not not saying Could, that. I couldn't blame you. So follow-up question completely unrelated but still equally as important mike um what is something non-video game related that you wish more people knew about what what is something else that you enjoy in your life that if you 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 would now have a uh, a podium to to shout its uh allure to the world what what is it something you wish some more people enjoyed okay like if there's one thing that the pandemic t- taught me is that cooking is like super important because you cannot just live off goddamn Uber Eats and shit. And having variety in your life is actually very important. So learn how to cook. It's also very sexy. That's a good. Answer. Heard that. I cook all our meals. I'm the, I'm basically a stay at home dad at this point. Yeah, I'm the cook. I'm the cook in this house too. For sure. What about you, Hunter? What's something you uh, want more people to to know and enjoy? could be a tv show a, a movie a book a oh passion. i mean you know what you, you've known me long enough that i'm legally obligated to have one answer and that's highlander yes right? i was hoping yeah. for it <laughs> let me let me just let me just regale you for a moment if you haven't seen highlander which what are you fucking doing here 
Um, Highlander is a film from the 80s, wonderful film. Uh, has stars uh, Mr. Christopher Lambert. Uh, it was directed, the first movie ever directed by the guy who directed it, who'd never directed a movie and had only directed music videos. <laughs> And the script was written by somebody who was still in film school. They like bought it from him. He was like, they were like, stop digging, kid, you struck gold. They just optioned that movie, gave it to a guy who makes music videos. And we're like, we're going to hire Christopher Lambert because his agent said he can speak English perfectly, which was not true. So he showed up on set and had to learn the script mostly phonetically. So he's got this really wild accent the whole time. And it's because like, he doesn't really speak English while he's playing this role. Which works great because he's playing an immortal swordsman from who knows where. I mean, it's from Scotland, but anyway, it's a it's awesome. Uh, I've watched it an unhealthy amount of times. Can I tell you a real quick story about why Please. why Highlander? So, why Highlander. My first job, uh, my first official job, I guess, was running a game store because I, I went to independent study instead of the last couple years of high school. So I had a full time job running a game store because I'm a giant nerd and have been forever. And the guy who ran it, uh, his, the owner was like, hey, you know what? Just for background noise, there was like a CRT television on one of those arms in the corner, right? The ubiquitous, like, giant TV. And he's like, just have a VHS in. Like, just here's a box. Like, just always have something going in the background. There were only, like, four tapes. There's only four tapes in there. It was like one was a two-episode tape of X-Files, two-episode tape of Pokemon, uh, The Crow, and Highlander. And, you know, I rotated them for a while and then my job was i was the like the weekday guy whose job was to basically be there because i opened the store at noon received deliveries and people came and got their comic books during the week right on like lunch breaks this is me in there a lot during the week and i was like i wonder if i put highlander in and just every time it ends put it back in how long it'll take until someone mentions it and the answer was about 300 playthroughs is how long. <laughs> so just like every day for eight hours a day, five days a week, for however long it took, just kept putting Highlander in over and over. And it was sort of a bit at first, but sort of like Stockholm Syndrome. Like you come around, right? You start to like actually enjoy it. And now it's like a pivotal part of my entire life. Where like, uh, as a person, I wouldn't exist without Highlander existing anymore. From such it's not humble a good, beginnings. It's not a good movie, objectively, but it's it's a great movie, you know. And we've all been there, okay. Mine what about been, the TV show? Uh, the TV show is wonderful too. I've seen all of the movies. I've seen the TV show and and many times used to play the. I own the web domain for the now defunct trading card game. <laughs> um, look, I. I live I live this lifestyle. Every day I wake up. He put is on not my a Highlander. fake Highlander fan. There could no. only be one and it was Hunter. It's me. <laughs> but yeah, go watch Highlander. It's a great it's a great movie. If you don't agree, you're wrong, right? So that's it. That's all I got for. Queen made the soundtrack. The soundtrack is a custom soundtrack made by Queen. How many movies have a soundtrack made by Queen? God, I could just keep going. Sorry. Oh, uh the the biopic that Freddie Mercury yeah, I mean, but they, that just has Queen's songs, right? They wrote just new say, songs. It's a soundtrack of Queen. But it's a custom soundtrack. They wrote a song called Who Wants to Live Forever about the movie with the moral people in it. It's so good. I was uh. like, uh, Mike, how many times have you heard about Highlander <laughs> in, in your tenure there? 
It's why I drink. It's, it's a why lot. you drink. I love it. I remember as a joke one time at a PAX, uh, someone was like, I bet you could just put on an impromptu panel about Highlander, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. And we were at like a bar after the show floor had closed. And someone jokingly tweeted that I was going to do it. And a couple of people showed up. <laughs> and so I had to actually talk about it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, what, what a horrible great. life. So, oh, no, I love it. So, so swinging back to... Infernex to wrap up. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell people like again when it's coming out, what platforms it's going to be on. I mean, have we set a price? Like, hit us with the with the with the details so people can get the more concrete info. Then business deeds. Mike, you want to handle it? Uh, sure. Yeah, we're coming out on uh, February 14, 2022. If you're listening to this in the future, you're you're way past due. Yeah. Uh, we're coming out on every, every single platform. So Xbox One, uh, Xbox Series X, PS. Or therefore PS5, we're coming out on Switch, PC for Steam. It's going to be 1999 USD, whatever that transfers to your local currency. And yeah, it's coming out on we're also 14 on. days. Also, congratulations on being picked up by Game Pass. I was about to say, yep, we're yeah. going to be on, depending on how far into the future it is, right? But we're mm-hmm. on Game Pass at launch, uh, day one, which will be cool. So that also, I believe, extends to Game Pass for PC. So, so here's yeah, my sure, question yeah. about that, because I'm always curious, because everyone has a different answer. Did they approach you, or did you approach them about getting it on Game Pass? It's a bit of both. We've, we had been talking about like different projects in the past, and they just came at us for Infernals because we were supposed to be coming out so many years ago and they just reminded us that they exist and they just said, like, hey, you, you want to be on Game Pass? And we're like, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Sounds, sounds good. This is, this is also yeah. the first, is yeah. this the very, very first project we've ever worked with a publisher on, right? Uh, for consoles, yeah. For consoles. Yes. We, like, back in Flash, we were doing sponsors, which were basically of course. publisher-ish. This is our first uh, publisher on console, which is the Arcade Trip. Yeah, we're the same guys that did uh, uh, Blazing Chrome. They've been doing stuff with yeah. Dotemu as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Dotemu. I was really stoked peeps. when we got to work with them because I love Bla- Blazing Chrome's like a really good uh, an example of another like homage game designed yeah. to yeah, a love letter game. They mm-hmm. where they tried to take out the parts that were like objectively not helping the design of an otherwise good game, right? And so when I heard that we got to work with Arcade Crew, I was like, oh, that's a great, like that's perfect. Yeah, and they're yeah. like they're they're so chill about it too. They're like they're actually gamers. They, that's what they want to do. They want to do retro games. So that's I mean, such that's a good fit for us. That's how we ended up with them. Is that same packs when you played yeah. it? Like dot, yeah. dot mu, who's their parent company, kept bringing people over to uh, to play the demo, and that's awesome. It was yeah. Now, yeah, every single time they invite us to bars, it's like retro game bars and stuff like that. Like, let's go to the arcade. Like I just want to. Get a drink. I don't want to play games tonight. Please stop. <laughs> well, it's your life now. Sorry, Mike. Uh, so tell us about uh, like where can people find you all on the on the Twitters and the whatnot? Oh, yeah. like, how I guess can, I, after listening can to this that. amazing interview and falling in love with both of you, how can someone uh, follow you on social media? Well, first. Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't say you should go follow Infernax, uh, which you can follow on Twitter at at Infernax, I-N-F-E-R-N-A-X, Infernax. Um, Berserk Studio, also, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're pretty funny because it's at least half me, but uh, it's uh, Berserk Studio, B-E-R-Z-E-R-K-S-T-U-D-I-O. Uh, and I personally am Bond Hunter Bond, spelled like it sounds. And I'm Mike Ducarm Suck without the yes at the end because there's a chart limit on Twitter. Because <laughs> I'm a very serious man that takes myself seriously. 
Well, I want to thank you both for uh, taking the time out of because uh, I mean it's it's never a quiet time in the in the days leading up to a, a launch. So I know your your time is valuable, and I appreciate you taking the time to be on the Finterview for the SDGC podcast because uh you guys are awesome and your game is awesome so it just personally means a lot so i appreciate well, it like, you're awesome Aww. yeah it was nice to get to see you again it's been yeah. it's been too long right it has. hopefully it won't be that long again like let's uh let's fingers crossed maybe <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> but uh yeah, so i just wanted to, to to wrap it up and thank you all for for being dope dope Thanks. dope af as the kids would say all right you guys all have a wonderful night and everyone else uh go by and play infernax all right shilling you'll love to see it see you later